Hello and welcome to Randy in Real Life. Today, we're going to do something different. I was going to continue this series on the seven churches of Revelation, you know, in chapters two and three, and we were going to talk about Pergamos. And I actually have notes for this church because I preached on this particular church a little over a month ago at Living Word Church in Stonewall. And so I had my notes ready and the other, most of my podcast is unscripted. I just get a thought, something's burning inside of me, and I just kind of go for it, which isn't really the best way to do it because you can have a lot of rabbit trails. It can go a little bit longer than you really need it to. So I was so excited because I'm like, I've got notes, and I'm going to be able to cover information. You're going to get to learn some, maybe some things you'd not heard before, and it'll be concise and over with pretty quick. But as I'm sitting here, actually, with my notes pulled up, I feel like I need to do something different. So this is really Randy in real life right now. I feel like there could be people out there and you're in a difficult place right now, perhaps emotionally, um, you know, maybe relationally, or you're just battling something or you're just struggling in some areas. And so I want to encourage you right now. And it's easy for me to do because I'm kind of in that battle right now too. We have a family member who's really battling some things physically. And so rather than just talk about something that really is not on my radar, though I love talking about the seven church revelation, I want to be able to take this opportunity to minister to you today. And I feel like it'll be a little bit different because I'm literally going to minister to you out of some of my own pain right now. A lot of times when we're pastoring, and I've, I've pastored for many years, and we're not, um, I'm not, I'm not pastoring a local congregation right now, but I've pastored for many years, and I belong to a local church and heavily involved, and I do you know minister and preach as the Lord opens up doors, and I've got this podcast. But a lot of times when I remember when I pastored, you'd be in a series or even even teaching through books of the Bible or whatever it may be, and. Sometimes what we're talking about isn't really what our congregation's going through. And another thing is this, is that, you know, Jesus gave us this, what we call the Great Commission, and that was to go into all the world and make disciples. And and sadly, it's one of those things that we really don't do well in America. We do some things well. We can be, we have an Americanized um, perception of success, which is tied to numbers buildings, and these other things. But we're really going to be measured by success, by our obedience to Christ, you know, and, you know, how we obey the Great Commission. You can, look, we can teach series, we can grow churches, and yet never disciple anyone. We can even do classes and never disciple anyone. And discipleship is so important. And if you want to know what it looks like, it looks like what you saw with Jesus and his disciples in the Gospels. So um, if I were discipling somebody right now, and there are a few people on my radar, that sounds bad, doesn't it? But there's a few people on my radar, you know, that I'm going to be pouring into, you know, just speaking in their life and mentoring them, discipling them to become Christ followers. You know, I would want them to um, to come up close so they can see what it's like to follow Christ in, in every arena possible. And, you know, Jesus, I, I love this right now. Now, this is all off the cuff, just so you know. My heart's kind of overflowing, so this will be off the cuff tonight. There's no notes right here. I'm just sharing with you. 
I love how Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 11, you know, where he told everyone, right? He says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Um, I'm actually turning there right now. I've got a NASB 2020 that was, it's just being released and I'm loving it because I don't typically use the NASB, never really have. I read the 95 version that was put out like 25 years ago. All right. Matthew 11, 28, 29. Let's read this in the NASB 2020, brand new translation or updated translation. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is comfortable and my burden is light. Now, let me just share a few things. I've We're going through a battle with our, in our family. We have one of our children who is, um, adult children who is, you know, um, battling with seizures and they have found something, you know, up there. And so, um, you know, through the EEG and the MRI. And so we are, of course, we're praying, we're doing all the things we're supposed to do. We're in communication with the doctors. And I'm going to tell you, this can take uh, sleep from you. It can rob you of your peace. Uh, there are a number of emotions that are associated with it, and it's a it's like a roller coaster kind of a season right now. And you know what I love is about Christianity for me is not some cop out like some people think is, but it's that we have a living, resurrected Savior who's involved with every arena of our life. And when as we're walking through this right now, I'm reminded that there are so many people that are going through so many different challenges right now. You may go to church on a Sunday and you're in a fierce battle in your soul and no one knows it. And you leave and you haven't been able to, you know, find a source of encouragement at all. And and again, because we do have a lack of a discipleship culture in our churches, you know, so we don't have those type of relationships. And I have rich relationships, I'm just gonna tell you. I have rich relationships in my life that I'm grateful for. I have pastor friends. I got people that that are, you know all involved in my life right now as we're walking through this season in my daughter's life, and I love it. But as I, as I begin, let me go ahead and get started right here. You're out there. You're going through something. What, what is something that I do to get my peace, um, to, uh, you know, you know, to open up my heart so the Lord can speak to me and how I can transmit that to my children, to my family and position them where they can let the Lord speak to them too. Here's one thing for me. My number one go-to source is the Word of God. Now, this is going to sound generic in the beginning, but I want you to stay with me because um, a vast majority of American Christians don't read their Bible. It's important to say. Maybe they'll pull up the um, verse of the day on version. Maybe they will you know, occasionally do a Google search and find some cool verse and share it and that might be the only verse of scripture they'll read in a month. Maybe they'll go to church and and by today's standards, you'll hear two or three verses of scripture read for a topical message from various translations or the loosest translations that sound the coolest, but you don't know the word of God for yourself. And and I can't help but look right now around the uh, our country, and when you see the dysfunction, when you see the cultural, um, uh, just not just division, but... It's like the world's going bonkers right now, and that biblical worldview has evaporated from society and is even missing in the body of Christ. It's so sad, because why? Because we have neglected the Word of God. 
And the Word of God is more than just to give you a biblical worldview, to give you a strong foundation. But there is nothing on this earth that can be a source of encouragement more than that. Because why? The Word of God can show you Jesus. The Word of God brings God into your life in a real and tangible way. This is where apologetics, and I have to say this, I love apologetics. Love it. I love studying. I've, you know, this sounds braggadocious, you know, and I, I just for the sake of this episode here, I've got a couple thousand books and it's, a, I have an ever increasing library. I probably have closer to 2,500 right now. I don't know. I'm always getting books. I can't stop reading. I love reading. I got books on my Kindle. I got, you know, and I also usually go end up getting the physical copies as well, um, you know, because I love reading books. I'm reading on the kingdom of God. I'm reading on things concerning eschatology, uh, you know, and that are vast that I'll never do a podcast on properly. It's just my mind loves it. Um, I know about communicating with different people across the board, you know, and denominations, different religions, and I, you know, I love engaging with people. And, and this is all wonderful, you know, and I, and so I love reading the scriptures because um, I want my, you know, theology to be continually developing and uh, I want to have good doctrine. But when I'm reading the word of God, because of spending time saturating the word of God, this is different than apologetics. It's not just about how to defend your faith or to ha- argue from a position. Uh, and, and we know this already that when it comes to denominations or theological arguments, very, I have never personally, and maybe it's out there and maybe I have, but I just don't remember. I cannot remember a debate where anyone changed their mind theologically. So I, I, I've kind of got out of that game. I don't care. It's a waste of time. I feel to go and challenge people and argue free. I just don't see them doing that. I don't see Paul and Peter arguing with one another on what they believe about certain doctrines you know, the Bible's pretty clear. And you know what? The Bible's pretty simple also. And I think it's crazy that we have so many denominations today in the kingdom of God. But anyway, look, let me just take some scriptures right here that are really speaking to me. I just read this one to you right now. And and this one was not on my radar today. But when I'm going through a battle, I need the word of God. And I'm looking for Jesus to speak to my heart, to speak to my emotions, to, to, to calm my storm. And the word of God, it does that. Look at I'm gonna read this again, Matthew eleven twenty eight. I'm reading this. You know, I can quote this in a couple different translations, but here I'm reading it for the first time in the NASB twenty twenty. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight and twenty nine, and look, the Bible was not written in chapter and verse. That was added just not long ago, maybe a couple centuries ago. But the Bible didn't have chapter and verse or a few centuries ago. It was a letter that was written. It was like one continuous flow of a like the the Gospel of Matthew was a continuous flow, no chapter verse. They're there. They help us navigate the Bible, right? Imagine saying, open up to kind of like the first third-ish of Matthew and see where you can find this verse. So I appreciate this, but look right here. I'm reading this, and I'm seeing Jesus. He's speaking to me. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. All right, we can stop right here and let this encourage you right now. Maybe you're in a jam. Maybe you're in a crisis. Maybe you're in a battle and you're trying to hold on, you feel like your faith is being challenged. Look, put all that stuff aside and let this speak to you. What does Jesus say right here? Come to me. Those three words right there. And it's like, let me just forget everything. Why? Because 
when I come to Jesus, there's no fear. When I come to Jesus, I don't have to be worried. When I come to him, guess what? I don't, uh, confusion can dissipate. Just come to me. And to know that Jesus Christ, the son of the most high God, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, king of kings and Lord of lords, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the one who has eyes of fire, hair white like wool and uh, feet like burnished brass and a sharp two-edged sword goes out of his mouth and with a rod he's going to strike the nations. He will come on a white horse. He'll come clothed in, in clouds of glory and in majesty. And he's going to put one foot on the sea, one on the mountain, and it's going to, the mountain's going to split. That Jesus is saying, looking at me, looking at you and saying, come to me. And I'll tell you right now, I can just let everything else go for a minute, right? Maybe I'm, you're, you're confused about a doctrinal position. Hey, just come to me. You don't know how what you're going to do about this crisis or this situation. Look, now I'm 46. I'll be 47 next month. And actually, less than a month, I'll be 47 years old. And, you know, we're always going to have trials. We're always going to have battles. They're always going to be there. And, and you can be going through something right now and think, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to look back in six months or a year and go, oh, my goodness, I did get through that because you will. It's funny how when we're in a crisis, we feel like it's the only crisis we've ever been in, right? Some battles are different. Some it feels like, man, is the sun ever going to come up? But I'm, I encourage you, it is. Now listen here, he says, come to me, all, all. You know, this all is the same all, <laughs> you know, that says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, whoever believes in him, whoever, that's kind of like an all scripture. Second Peter 3, 9, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all, all should come to him in repentance. Look here, come to me all who are weary and burdened. Are you weary and burdened right now? Listen, just run to Jesus. Why? He says right here, and I will give you rest. And he will give you peace in your soul. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This is so amazing. Jesus is saying, I want you to come so close to me that you can learn from me. For I am gentle, and I love this right here, I am gentle and humble in heart. Man, I feel like if if I were to be able to look into the eyes of Jesus, I would see so much tender compassion. You ever looked in someone's eyes and you saw arrogance, pride, ego, authoritarianism? And there's no one who can be more authoritarian than Jesus, and he can do it in a righteous way. He's got eyes of fire. You want to look at that? And yet, he says, I'm humble in heart. God, I think to see that humility, this is our King, our Savior. And he says, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is comfortable and my burden is light. I opened up uh, today and I was just going through the scriptures and actually shared this passage on Facebook because it was just ministering to me today. John 14, and I felt like I needed to get in the gospel of John and, and I'll be honest with you, I've been going through the Gospels. I've been going through there just like Jesus, just minister to my soul, to my emotions. You know, the number one area you will battle is going to be in your mind. More than any sickness you'll face in your body is the war that will go on in your soul, that war between your ears and your thoughts, your emotions. John 14, 
do not let your heart be troubled. You know, look, Jesus is saying this, do not. That means you can let it be troubled or you can not let it be troubled. How? He just says this, believe in God. Believe also in me. That's so simple. We overcomplicate it. And, and, and what, see, when I read this, I shift into prayer. And really, that's the second aspect for me of finding that true peace is praying. And look, I've even had people that have poured into my life that, uh, that have actually discipled me where I bring a crisis to them or I'm in this place and they'll share scripture with me. And they say, listen, let's just pray right now. And we move right into that pocket place of prayer. Do not let your heart be troubled. How do you not let it be troubled? Believe in God. Believe also in me. And I just stop right there. Lord, you said not to let my heart be troubled. And to believe in you. I believe in you. Oh, I believe in you, Jesus. And, and when I, as I keep reading, he says, In my Father's house are many rooms. You know, some translations say there are many mansions. If, there are not, if that were not so, I would have told you because I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm coming again and will take you to myself. So many people, too many people, I hear them preach about mansions and they're talking about the mansions. And that's great. You can get excited about your room or your mansion or whatever it may be that Jesus was communicating right here. I don't care about that. Here's what I'm excited about is this. He says right here, it's, it's funny that people will gravitate towards things that are so fleshy, right? Uh, you know, is it fleshy or fleshly? I think it's fleshly. So fleshly, so, you know, carnal in a way. And, and it's really not because Jesus is the one who said it, right? He's preparing this place. But that's not as exciting as what he says right here. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm coming again and will take you to myself, Jesus, like I'm coming to bring you to me so that where I am, there you also will be. I'm coming, I'm going to bring you to me so that where I am, there you also will be. Jesus is longing for us to be with him. And uh, of course, then Thomas, you know, he says to them all, and you know the way where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's Jesus in the beginning. It's Jesus in the middle. It's Jesus in the end. It's Jesus in every way, shape, and form. He is the way. He is the truth. and He is He is life. All right. Now, my microphone's acting a little buggy right here. I don't know why. So this has encouraged me today, and I just hope it can encourage you also. You know, that we run to Jesus, that we can come to him. If, if you're weary, if you're weighed down with burdens, run to him. Don't go to Facebook and Twitter and, and tell everybody, I got to tell you, I'm having a bad day. You know, don't just, um, you know, become malicious. Don't allow the enemy to so vex your soul that you get a, con, uh, a, con, a distorted perception of who God is. Let God show you who he is. Come to me. You know, right? Don't shake your fist and say, God, why? Say, you know what, God? I don't know why, but I'm coming to you because you've given me an open invitation to come to you. And at the end of the day, no matter what you're walking through, and I love this today in the NASB 2020, I love this today. I've never saw this this way. 
You know, I've, I've read many times in New King James, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. But in 1 John 5, 4, I love how it translates this. For whoever has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Whoever has been born of God. That's why this episode today is for believers. Whoever has been born of God overcomes the world. It's just a natural thing. It's organic. You overcome the world. Why? Because you have something on the inside of you that's been deposited when you were born again, a measure of faith. And that that faith on the inside of you, it brings victory. It There's an overcoming um, potential and power inside of you attached to that faith. Look in verse 5. Who is the one who overcomes the world? but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That's so explosive right there. It comes back to Jesus. I've heard people preach this, and they just they center an entire sermon on faith. And that's, oh, listen, that's okay. We need to hear on faith. We need to talk about faith. But you can't separate faith from Jesus, right? The reason you even have faith is because you've been born of God, The reason you can overcome the world is because you've been born of God. The reason there's a faith on the inside of you is because you've been born of God, meaning you've been born again. And and who is the one who overcomes the world but the one, the person, who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? You know, religion says if you do enough things right, you can get in. Jesus just says what? Come to me. I've got some rest for you. Come to me. And, you know, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Romans 10, 13, whoever calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. You can be listening to this episode today, and you're not born again. You do not have a relationship with Jesus. You are not a child of God. You are not going to spend eternity with him in heaven, because you don't know God. You don't believe in him. You've not professed him. And I want to encourage you right now. I want to challenge you to cry out to God even right now while you're listening to this. And because what does he say right here? Who is but uh, overcomes the world, but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Put your faith in Christ. And then go back and listen to the beginning of this episode, because it all pertains to you. You know, hey, listen, you could not be serving God, not walking with God, not fellowshipping with God. And and if that's where you are right now, I'm going to challenge you. Come to Jesus. Come unto him. Maybe you've been in church for years and years and years, and you have just been getting, you've had so many bumps and bruises because you've served God. You've listened to sermons. You've, you know, you've done all the things you're supposed to do. You're serving on different teams. And yet you just feel so far from him and you feel so alone as you've gone through different battles and you've kept them to yourself. And, and I want to I encourage you, get into the word of God and let it speak to you. Get into the word of God and read it until it begins to read your situation. Get in there and read the word, you know, if you have to, out loud until the world, until, until the word loudly begins to speak to your circumstance and your situation. 
The other night I got through and I would not stop reading until the Lord began to speak to my heart another passage of Scripture. The Word of God is, again, it's not just where I try to go and find my doctrine and theology. It is all that, yes, but it's so much more. I'm not reading the Word of God to understand how to differentiate between Calvinism and Arminianism. I come to the Word of God to find Jesus. I come to the Word of God to learn more about Jesus. I come to the Word of God to find out who I am in Christ. I come to the Word of God to find out what He has for me to do so that I can obey Him. There's a lot of people who read the Bible and they never obey Him. And so people that have never been taught to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And to be a disciple of Christ is to be a person of the Word, a man or a woman of the Word of God. It's to be a man or a woman who, who, who actually prays and spends time with God. To be a disciple of the Lord is someone who makes disciples too, and you pour your life into other people as well. So again, I, I hope that this has encouraged you. These scriptures are encouraging me right now. Of course, John chapter 14, it's speaking to me. First John chapter 5, verse 4, actually before I started this podcast, I just today's episode actually, you know, I felt like I needed to pull it up and it spoke to me. As I was doing the podcast is when I felt compelled to go to Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29 because I, I quoted it and then we broke it down. And you know what? If I were to stay here and continue on this episode, and again, this is a different type of episode, I could just begin to open up the word of God and we'll be here for a long time because I'm going to find other scriptures where the Lord just begins to speak to my heart, and it's not hard. Let me get in the Gospels. Let me get into the Epistles, and and guess what? I'm I'm gonna discover Jesus more and more. And this is over thirty years now. This month is thirty years that I've been serving Jesus. This month, and and I still can't get enough of His Word in my life. So I hope this has been able to bless somebody, to encourage somebody. I'm praying for you. If you could be praying for my family as well as we continue to navigate this the season that we're in and our hope and our faith is in Christ. And guess what? We are all overcomers, right? Because we've been born of God and there is a faith on the inside of us. And through that faith, we have victory. We overcome the world. Amen. And this is the victory. This is the source of our faith and our hope is what? That we believe that Jesus is the son of God. Hey, I love you guys. I hope you've enjoyed this. Share it with somebody if it does, and I'll be back real soon. We'll pick right back up in that series on the seven churches of Revelation.